What up, what up, what up? Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Hey, I just want to let you know, I know everybody can't always support and donate uh, to the podcast, but hey, if you can do a one-time donation, I put up a buy me a coffee uh, link in this description of the podcast. So if you go to the description of the podcast, it'll be at the bottom, and you can just uh, go to that link and you buy me a cup of coffee, or two if you want. And uh, that would just help support the show, and uh, I can... I can wake up a little bit more and bring you more info so thanks for listening to the podcast if you can donate that would be much appreciated and let's get on to the show when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourself. So today I wanted to talk to you about another story that's kind of similar to the ones that we've been hearing a lot about. Um, kind of like the recruitment into the either the Air Force Office of Special Investigations or into other uh, secret government programs. This one in particular happened in 1982. Uh, it happened to a ma- man by the name of Dan Sherman. Uh, he joined the Air Force in 1982 to be what he wanted to be, <laughs> a security police officer, security forces, which is interesting because that's actually what I wanted to do. Uh, and uh, my friend actually did it, and he he's like become a lifer. Uh, Dan Sherman joined the Air Force in 1982. Uh, while serving in Korea in 1984, he met another airman who told him about how great it was to be in the electronic intelligence uh, operations of the Air Force. Now, this article comes to us from uh, wearethemighty.com, uh, written April 2nd, 2021. So, um, the electronic intelligence, probably one of the higher levels in, in the Air Force. Uh, the man spoke about it so often he convinced Sherman that uh, he had to become one of the electronic intelligence officers. So Sherman said he was unhappy with being security, often told others that he couldn't cross train into that uh, ELINT, which is electronic intelligence. We'll just call it ELINT for short, which is what they call it. Uh, so <laughs> Even his peers told him that cross training into that field were basically zero, um, zero percentage. Uh, as luck would have it, Sherman was approved to train in ELINT, analyzing electro- electromagnetic energy for intelligence value. He went to tech school in 1990 uh, at Offutt Air Force Base in Nebraska. When he, <laughs> while he liked the job, he wasn't thrilled with the actual air base. He wanted to go back to Korea. So, um, he told his peers this, and he said he was even so far as to say he would re-enlist if he didn't get orders there, or he wouldn't re-enlist if he didn't get orders there. So it's kind of like his stipulation, like, I'll go back in, but you got to send me back to Korea. 
A month later, he had orders in hand. And he was enjoying this new career field and was sent to Fort Meade, Maryland to train at the NSA, actually. His first day in town, he was ordered to report to the NSA for what he thought would be a quick introduction, but his life was about to change forever. So Sherman states he was indoctrinated into an above-top-secret-level program involving uh, what the Air Force called the Greys. The Greys were purported to be an extraterrestrial being that was first encountered by the United States in 1947. And uh, since the 60s, it was revealed to Sherman, the U.S. government had been working on a way to communicate with the Greys. And that is where he came in. You see, he wasn't just some enlisted man or, uh, you know, signed up to be an officer. None of that. This guy was tracked from when he was a kid because they knew he had special powers. Now, how would they possibly know that? It's because individuals like Katie Smith, individuals like the other uh, girl that we talked about uh, in the last podcast, and, and all these individuals that they tracked down, they can they know who each other are. They can sense who each other are. So they have an entire team dedicated to finding these individuals, enlisting them, and then training them to use their powers even better. So let's keep moving forward here. So his mother, he stated, was visited by aliens before he was born. She was the subject of genetic manipulation, and the result would be bearing a child who could be more receptive to the ways the greys communicate, receiving transmissions, and passing them on. Now, the Air Force had been waiting for Sherman his entire life. Like we said, he was part of the new, new communication plan that was just coming into fruition. Uh, his mother wasn't even supposed to be able to have children. Uh, while she was pregnant, uh, Sherman was not even supposed to survive for very long. Although throughout his life, people have been telling him how great the Air Force was, making it seem like it was his destiny his entire life. However, here he was, right, <laughs> at the United States Air Force, being called an intuitive communicator. That's what they call it, intuitive communicator. So what is that? So that's, that's kind of like what Corey Good talked about. Whether you believe Corey Good's story or not, he talked about being an intuitive empath. There's a few other whistleblowers have talked about being recruited as an intuitive empath, not just for the greys, but for also many different species. Okay, so he's not the only one. So, after his regular training courses at the NSA, <clears throat> Dan was taken to an unknown location in a blue Air Force van with blacked out windows. He was given two pills and instructed on how to move waves on electric screens with his mind. Now, see, this is really interesting because uh, Joseph McMonagall, who was part of the remote viewing team, the psychic spy team, stated that that was one of the, the training methodologies that they used. They had oscillating waves that they had to train on to manipulate. And if they could manipulate them into one line, then they could focus and uh, have access to this broader network of knowledge. They were able to control the waves that they were that were coming into their mind. So this this is training, and we can do this too. We just have to have the software in order to do it. But um, it's like uh, McMonagall and all these other remote viewers say, no no one's a hundred percent special. Everybody has the capability to do this. It's just the training that you have to put in to do it. It's not like you have to be an elite athlete to dunk a basketball or anything like that. You tr you're training your mind in order to be able to accomplish these goals. 
So Dan states he was given two pills and instructed on how to move the waves on the electronic screens with his mind. Once he was proficient, he was released and given new orders, now as part of Project Preserve Destiny. Now this is really interesting. Project Preserve Destiny. What the hell could that mean? Well, um, usually projects have these really enigmatic names like Project Center Lane or Grow Flame. They usually just take one word and another word and put it together just so it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so nobody can figure out what it's about. But when you have a project called Preserve Destiny, preserving our destiny, preserving our livelihood and longitude into the future, that seems to be pretty damn clear. So his first PPD, or Project Preserve Destiny Base, established that this is what his life would become. He no longer took any pills, but he and another airman would sit in a communications van for their shift, and Sherman would receive the communication, which included his identifier, which was 118, and a five-digit code, and then what Sherman came to believe were latitude and longitude coordinates. His first handler was Gary Sherman, nicknamed Spock, ironically enough. God, I wonder where they got that from. Uh, <laughs> one day during communication, something startled Sherman, and he reached a new plane, quote-unquote, probably plane of existence, right? The alien asked Sherman if this was intentional. When Sherman said it wasn't, the alien ended the conversation. Sherman would try for months to repeat the situation. Eventually, he was able to, and asked Spock, some questions about their race and how they were communicating. Sherman's command was uh, apparently unable to monitor his communications with the Greys, so he was basically free to ask whatever he wanted. But after this second meeting, Spock never returned and Sherman was transferred to a new PPD base. It's interesting, when they get into these different environments, they they like shuffle them off into, into different areas so that... Uh, you know, they can't ever communicate with anyone ever again. They want to compartmentalize all this stuff as much as possible. Uh, let's move on to his second base, right? That's going to be important. So his second base... So his role at his second base uh, was very similar, but this time Spock, quote-unquote, was gone forever. His new counterpart, uh, <laughs> who he nicknamed Bones was more conversational and forthcoming. Sherman asked about the being's age, how they procreate, how they travel through space, and if they had souls. And here are a few, here are a few of the answers from the Greys um, that they gave to Sherman. So he asked about God. And these are pretty like one-sentence <laughs> answers, but we could talk about them. So he asked about God, and he said, "Your they replied, the Greys replied, your question answers itself. Your question answers itself, God. What does that mean? Come on, Grace, stop being enigmatic. Let's uh, let's get some definitive answers here. Okay, he asked about time and travel. They don't travel through time, but around time and from time to time. Makes sense. Why go through time when you can go around time? It's kind of like the folded paper analogy, right? He asked about souls. What about souls? And they replied, any entity that realizes its existence has intellect and therefore must have a soul. That's their statement on souls. So, apparently we have souls. Number four, previous visits. 
They've been visiting Earth for a, quote, very long time because it's much easier to visit the past than it is today. They've contributed to the culture and technology of some civilizations. I'm a little confused on this. They say it's much easier to visit the past than it is today. So it sounds like they are time traveling, according to what it says here. Number five, interbreeding. Sherman believes that uh, they interbred with humans, whom the greys call, and this is interesting, quote, water vessels, unquote. Most likely the Basque people of the Pyrenees region of Spain, whose language is completely unrelated to any other, and whose genetic makeup is different from most humans. Number six, are there other aliens? They replied, there are many. Uh, number seven, he asks, you know, how, how do they use the bathroom? They say they, they use the washroom. It's just different than the way humans do. He asks, do they mate? He, they stated they do as well. What about the lifespan? He says, they don't see time the same way humans do. But they live approximately the same span. Seems interesting because so many of these alien abduction reports tell us that Aliens live much longer than we do because they've cured a lot of diseases. So it's interesting to think of, unless they're they're, you know, posing it as a like an Albert Einsteinian you know time of relativity. Like oh well, your your eighty years gives you this much consciousness. Our eight hundred years gives us this much con uh, you know consciousness. I don't know, just a theory. Number ten, energy. The Earth's sun is unique and one day we will learn to use the sun uh, in the same energy on a smaller scale. When Sherman asked Bones about the Project Preserved Destiny uh, project, the Gray abruptly ended their conversations <laughs> and ongoing discussions. Shortly after that, the nature of the communications between the Air Force and the Grays changed. Sherman started receiving what he calls abduction data, complete with dates. Ooh. Geographic information, potential for recall, reabduction, and a 1 to 100 paint scale. Remembering some of the coordinates, he traced some of the sites to the Florida Panhandle, upstate New York, and rural Wisconsin. Increasingly isolated from the outside world, Sherman began to grow increasingly frustrated with his PPD work. He wanted to go back into the Elint or to get out entirely. The response from his command was he could not only never go back to the Elint, but he could never separate from the Air Force now that he was part of the PPD. Now see, this is where it gets weird, right? Because you, because you serve your service and you're done, right? Whatever your contract is, it's up and over. They can't force you to stay in, that I'm aware of. Uh, he did the only thing he knew to do. In the book that he wrote, Sherman says, the way I obtained my discharge is not a secret. Anyone can go back and see the reason emblazoned on my discharge papers. The certain self-incrimination legalities keep me from discussing it here. Okay, that makes sense. According to the interview with Sherman on the website Exopolitics, uh, Sherman's 12 years of the Air Force were exemplary. Uh, he earned the Air Force Commendation Medal as well as three Air Force Achievement Medals and four outstanding unit awards. He also served in the Persian Gulf War. Sherman 
concluded his story with this. I only wish I could have continued an otherwise wonderful career of which I was extremely proud. I miss serving my country and being part of the most sophisticated and well-trained military in the world. And that is kind of where the story ends on this particular article. Um, I did want to try to look up some more information on him, but it seems like it's kind of like a, a little bit helter-skelter here. They give us some information, but not a lot. I mean, he was basically an intuitive communicator. Um, they brought him in. They told him he could never leave, but then he was able to get out. Um, he communicated on a different plane. Um, he said one day during communication, something startled him as he reached a new quote-unquote plane, and the alien asked Sherman if this was intentional. When Sherman said it wasn't, the alien ended the conversation. So, it has to make you wonder, right? What happened here? Because this is like a pivotal point in his career where not only did he lose the, the communication styles that he was used to receiving, but also uh, it made him want to leave the field. So I'm going to kind of go into a little bit more detail on this. Okay, so he said that he goes into a new plane, they stop communications, and then all of a sudden he starts to get different information, <clears throat> right? They say he starts to get information about, um, let's go, let's go forward in here. Uh, he gets information about abduction data. He gets information complete with dates, geographic information, potential for recall, and a pain scale of 1 to 100. So see, this is where it's drastically different. Okay, so he's communicating with them on one quote-unquote plane, right? Plane of consciousness. And then he gets to a different plane of consciousness, whatever that is, or communications plane. We can call it frequencies, right? Maybe he went to a different frequency. And these, these grays are questioning that with all due respect, right? Why did, they, why did he intentionally go to a different frequency? Was it the, our government doing that? Was it another alien species pushing him up to a different frequency to communicate with them? Was it his unintentionalism? And if so... You know, these grays were picking up on it and they were like, no, we're not, we're out. We're not going to communicate on this frequency anymore. And then Sherman asked Bones about Project Preserve Destiny and the grays abruptly ended their conversations. Shortly thereafter that, the comms changed and he started receiving what he calls abduction data. So isn't it strange that he's kind of, it sounds like he's, he's receiving important comms for the government from the aliens for whatever mission they're doing, right? It sounds like it's classified. They're not giving it out in this article. Then all of a sudden, they cut him off because they, uh, it sounds like they don't trust him or trust his abilities anymore, the greys. And then all of a sudden, he starts receiving this abduction data information. Now, who's sending that? Is it the greys? Is it the government? Is it just his his innate ability to tap into these frequencies and obtain this data. And, and if, if it's intentional, if somebody's sending it intentionally, why is he receiving this abduction information? You know, does somebody want him to know about the abduction uh, phenomena because they want him to turn on the grays and kind of be like a, a double agent? You, you, you got to remember that the military is very compartmentalized when it comes to information. So they're not just going to 
you know, give him information that he doesn't need. So it's almost like he was trying to, somebody might have been trying to turn him around to be a double agent and go against these guys, knowing that they were abducting him, or being, not him, but that these folks, these greys were abducting humans. Uh, they There was a pain scale of 1 to 100, their geographic information, all this information. So, so he could track it down, so he could actually have a number an exact number on how many people were being abducted. And imagine if you had that information, right? And what would you what would you do with it? Even if you're in the military, you're sworn to secrecy, so on and so forth, that information would affect you and affect your effectiveness in becoming or in, in completing your job duty uh, as a empath, as a intellectual, empathic communicator with these greys. So, you have to wonder what exactly happened here. But, nonetheless, he said, hey, you know what, whatever is going on here, he grew increasingly frustrated. He wanted to get out after he got this abduction information. He's like, I'm out. And he said he basically got a discharge that, you know, was it was you know a little sketchy but he says he doesn't want to even talk about how he got it because he doesn't want any self-incrimination legalities to to capture him maybe put him in jail so he got out even though they said that he couldn't get out like i said you can get out um but all he really wanted to do was to serve his country and they they wanted to keep him in the ppd because he was a valuable asset you don't just like throw away valuable assets. They were probably tracking him down since he was born, right? Uh, you know, like they said, or like he said, these aliens were engaging with him and implanting him in his mother's womb. I mean, the guy is is alien to a degree. <clears throat> so, anyway, just some thoughts there. Uh, very interesting story. You can take it for what it's worth. Um, look him up, see what you can find. Uh, fascinating dude, fascinating story. Um, I'll keep it short and sweet like always. But uh, I find the story to be very intriguing. Very intriguing, especially if he has the discharge papers. Especially if he has all these commendations. You know, no reason to make it up other than to get in trouble. Because, you know, you're only putting yourself in, into jeopardy by making up stories like that. So, yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll let you go. These these stories seem to keep piling up, uh, especially recently. Um, could one of you out there also have alien DNA within you and be able to communicate uh, with aliens? It's possible, you know. Uh, it seems like they state that there's a lot of individuals out out in the world that aren't even aware they have alien DNA within them, and there's many people that believe that the entire human race has some alien DNA in us because of the previous genetic uh, farmer races mixing DNA with us. So, depends on what you have in you and who you can communicate with, I guess. Uh, anyway, guys, I'll let you go. Lots to think about. I hope you have a great weekend. Take care of yourself spiritually, physically, emotionally. Follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Talk to the universe out.